Welcome to the Beyond the Boards podcast. Your home for all things hockey. Let's get started. Here are your hosts, Dan Coover and Dylan Terry. Welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Boards podcast. Um, and listen, guys, we're almost there. What are we, Dylan? What, two weeks away from the start of hockey season, roughly, give or take, from the regular season? Yeah, dude. It seems two and like a half these, weeks? Seems like these last couple of weeks have just flown by. And then, yeah, we have the start of preseason tonight. I believe um, the Leafs play the Canadians, which will be kind of fun to see after uh, the Leafs shit the bed in the playoffs last year. And I think the Wild and the Blues are the other game going on tonight. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So well, yeah. Two so, decent matchups. Hockey so. is back, baby. Hockey is back. We're partying like it's July again in uh, <laughs> hockey. I kind of low-key really like the quicker off season um, as compared to normal off seasons. Um, obviously, for some teams like Buffalo, which we're going to talk about in just a second, the off season is generally always pretty long. Um, <laughs> but you know, when your team wins back-to-back cups, the off seasons are pretty quick. So it's just like there's hockey on just all the time, and it's really, really just a beautiful feeling. So. Um, I absolutely love it. I'm actually pumped, but I do want to start with the big news out of Buffalo, Dylan. The biggest news probably that we have heading into the season. Very scandalous, very, um, very controversial what the Sabres are doing. Um, and that is that the Sabres are putting Jack Eichel on long-term injured reserve to circumvent the salary cap this year. <laughs> Yeah, they're taking a page out of your guys' book. So uh, we'll, it's a bold strategy, but we'll see if it pays off. It, it, um, it is very bold. So obviously the Sabres, they're trying to get into the playoffs, um, keeping their team under the cap, even though they're way under it anyway because they don't have any talent. But they're still circumventing it even more um, by, by doing this. And then they removed the captaincy to make it re- to really sell it, to really sell the fact that they're abiding by the league rules here. So, <laughs> yeah, my next question is who's going to be the captain for Buffalo? Like, who is it just going to be Dylan Cousins? Are they just going to start fresh or like because all your veterans have been there for a while? I mean, Jake McCabe just got straight or well signed with the Hawks. He was a free agent, whatever. Linus Olmark's gone. Bristol Linen's gone. Reinhardt's gone. Yeah. So who's going to take over the captaincy? I, I don't I, think – yeah. I, I, not, I look I Poso or vacant. Jeff Skinner. I, think, like, I just don't think there's going to be a captain this year. So yeah, wish have, again, yeah, they could do that, that too. That, that's their prerogative. But, yeah, listen, in all seriousness, what's happening in Buffalo, listen, they need to trade Jack Eichel like right now. I know, dude. I'm so sick of hearing about it. It's gotten to the point where it was cool hearing Eichel rumors at first, and now it's just gotten so repetitive. That yeah, it's it just, just like it needs to happen and just be done with it. Like it, it, it's ridiculous. Listen, they need to trade him. It's not fair what they're doing. They disagree medically. I'm not a doctor. I don't know if a spinal fusion and a disc replay. I don't know the difference. I don't know the difference. I'm just a fat, out of shape guy who talks about hockey on a podcast. I don't. I don't know the difference between the surgeries. But regardless, what they're doing to him at this point is just flat out wrong. It's wrong to rob the fans of seeing a guy like Jack Eichel, who's very good. Now we're talking about his Olympics opportunities, potentially being ruined this year. If his neck's not fixed, which then in turn hurts team USA, which is bad for us as USA hockey fans. 
So sure. they need to figure it out and they need to send him out, send him somewhere else. Yeah. They probably are the ones who damaged the return on him by not, by, by letting it drag on this long. You're not going to get as much as you could have for him. And that's what you get for being a crappy organization. That's just actions have consequences. And that is the consequence. Yeah, I completely agree, man. It's, it's just ridiculous that it's dragged out um, for this long and who knows, dude, they could have gotten such a better return. Like even if they let him just get the surgery and he could have been back to play by the start of the season, that would have boosted his value tremendously. Like, yeah, yeah right. I don't get what the deal is. It's like a middle school relationship. If you want it my is. point of view, it's yeah. just, but like, and then if like hypothetically, and this might sound harsh, but if you're the Sabres and you're trading this guy anyway, do you really care what surgery he gets? Exactly. That's like, I, I, like, I don't, <laughs> who cares unless they don't want to trade him, but he doesn't want to play there. And rightfully so he shouldn't want to play there. They suck. Michael is like the girl in middle school who's dating the popular kid that's breaks up with him, but that boy is so stuck on him, which is a saber so stuck on him. They can't just let him go. They, they gotta just keep it dragging on over and over, which it's, just leading, I don't even know where I'm going with this, yeah, but just, no, I, I know it reminds me perfectly of a middle school relationship that just one minute they're together, one minute they're not, one minute together, one minute they're not. So it just, yeah, it, it, it fucking it, be done happened. with it already, right? It, it, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, just move on. Nobody, you just move on. It's over. All right. It's over. Um, so yeah, when it comes down to it, that's that's the that's the Sabres in a nutshell. They suck. They deserve to suck forever. I hope they don't ruin Owen Power. I hope they don't ruin Rusmus Delene. I hope they don't ruin all the good. They have some good young guys. I hope they don't ruin them. But when it comes down to it, you 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 were able to date the hottest girl at the party, and then you like cheated on her with somebody who was not worthy of it. You know that's the that's an yeah. analogy too. I feel like Colin <laughs> Coward saying that. But anyway. <laughs> Let's move along here because Dylan and I, we want to stir the pot a little bit. So Dylan, can you explain? So there's a few RFAs still out there. All right. We have Quinn Hughes, notably uh, Elias Peterson, um, and then Brady Kachuk. They're all just kind of floating down there. So Dylan kind of, you want to take this kind of float the idea you were saying before the show? Well, it wasn't really my idea, but I came across it on Twitter. Yes, it was. Just, 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 okay, Dylan, take, just take credit for it. Yeah, Just I'll take, take credit, credit and then when people think even it's though, a fucking even though it was hate. not it was not <laughs> Dylan's idea, but I personally heard this. I'm like, this is a good idea. I can get up over So it. I came across this uh rumor on Twitter yesterday. Well, not really a rumor, but idea, I guess you could say. Um that uh I guess Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes are floating with the idea that they want to bring Brady Kachuk, they want him to request a trade out of Ottawa to come to Vancouver and form a super team with them um, at the, yeah, in Vancouver. And they eventually want to acquire Matthew Kachuk to go with them. So you could have Elias Pedersen, Quinn Hughes, Brady Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk. Um, you still have Bo Horvat there and you still have Brock Besser. So how much do you think that they'd be paying those guys in salaries? Exactly. And they only have 13 million of cap space right, right. now. So I don't but, know but, how but, we are possibly going to do that. But. Well, what I was going to say is like, they could just take all the money they're donating probably around $40 million. I would assume somewhere in that neighborhood, they could take that $40 million donated to like 
firefighters, police officers, EMS, all that stuff, pay all their salaries and probably end up with the same number of Stanley Cups. <laughs> Pretty much, dude. <laughs> all those firefighters and police officers deserve it after the riot in 2011 when they right. lost. So I agree. I agree. <laughs> no, no. But in all seriousness, I mean, now, is that going to probably happen? No, it's probably not going to happen. But that would be fun. I kind of like I don't like the idea of having super teams in the NHL because I don't want it to dilute the product. Um, but I do wish that the stars in the NHL had more um, of a feature. You know what I'm saying? It's because McDavid has been the best player in the league basically since he got in what's it been five years, six years now. What's he going yeah. McDavid going he, to? He was season? drafted in 2015. So, so he's going to. So his, yeah, it'll be six. Yeah. Season six or seven. Yeah, exactly. Season six. Um, the guy hasn't made it what past the second round of the playoffs. So it'd be <laughs> nice to get to see some of the stars go deeper, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you don't want it to turn into the NBA either. So, uh, but that that's interesting. I definitely think, do you think any of those guys, Dylan, do you think they're all playing season starts in about two weeks? Do you think they're playing once the season uh, season uh, starts? Well, notably, I saw that Brady Kachuk, he's, he was left off of the Senators um training camp roster so he hasn't even showed up to training camp so i don't know um the deal with him um i saw a video i think it was today quinn hughes is skating with the university of michigan right now um, really? i saw he was on the ice against uh owen power because I, I, it was a picture on twitter somebody posted i forget who it was but so i'm assuming he's training with uh you michigan right now um patterson i have no clue what he's doing he's the oddball out of the three i have no i don't even know if he's on the canucks he, he, roster say, or, he's probably in sweden right now just just chilling yeah i have no just idea just hanging I, out enjoying the nice cool <laughs> i saw a video of him with like a basketball like dribbling a basketball but i think that was from like years ago it like oh, came wait, up on my oh, timeline bre- breaking news elias peterson's joining joining the lakers <laughs> he's better than lebron no i'm just kidding <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, yeah, so good like, good for him, man. I, I I like all those. I like all those guys. So I hope they get contracts. I hope they're playing come yeah, the start I, of the I, year. I don't mind all three of them. I can stand Brady a lot more than I can Matthew. So yeah. Oh, um, come on. Matthew's a good guy. He, he's, he's a good guy. He's all right, but he's a pain in the ass. He, I don't I don't he, like players like him. <laughs> he right. Well, that's the thing. He likes to, if there's not a problem, create one. We all know somebody Pretty like much. that. We all know a Matthew. <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah so that's uh that's pretty much that when it comes down to and it. i don't know like i was talking about salary a minute ago too like how are they still you got oel on your books for how many years did yeah. he just it's get traded he looks like contract. a complete pylon in training camp did you see the video of him in training camp no i didn't they were doing bag skates and oel is like literally probably 15 yards behind everybody else and then i heard uh connor garland ended up puking when they were bag skating as well so yeah it looks uh like those off-season additions uh could well, come back to knew. bite them in the ass but we all see. knew though that that that, that was a bad deal <laughs> i think it was an interesting deal yeah his cap hit of six more years including this one um at 8.25 million definitely gonna be a buyout 100 gonna be a buyout or like a trade maybe they'll trade him back to arizona in like five years when in arizona will absorb the cap because that's what they've been doing no but arizona good trade for them but yeah so the canucks are yeah that's gonna be an interesting team 
that's a lot of money to spend on a guy. He, he's for just to put it in, in perspective, he's so I'm sorry, his cap hit is actually only 7.26 million. The um the coyotes are retaining about a million of it. So, but he's still, almost making as much as Victor had. I was gonna say it's still it's like Brent Seabrook contract. It's yeah, it's awful. it's just bad, right? It's very bad. But all right, well, speaking of Brent Seabrook, Tampa Lightning legend Brent Seabrook. Um, let's talk about the division that his former team plays in the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, we're going to be previewing the central division today. All righty. So Dill, finally eight teams in this division. All right. Finally eight teams in it. Okay. I would say more of seven and a half, but that'd be right this year. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe more like six. Um, cause there's a couple of them that are going to be pretty bad, I think, but this division is loaded with talent. I'm absolutely stoked to watch it. There's always a lot, you know, th- these games are always fun. I feel like whenever central division teams play, it's always a good time. So let's, let's get into it. Dylan, why don't we start out with your Chicago Blackhawks? Why don't we preview the Chicago Blackhawks season? Dude, I have no clue how the Hawks are going to come out this year. I really like their forward depth that they have this year. Um, the additions that they made with Flurry coming in. Um, their defense getting Seth Jones, Jake McCabe is going to be a question mark. Who knows how he's going to come back? He had a knee injury last year. Um, so I think if he can come in and play good, I think he'll make a decent second line um, defenseman for us. Um, and then our third line is going to be inexperienced on the back end, but uh, they shown some flashes of why it's assumed that it's going to be Riley Stillman and Wyatt Kalnick on our third line defensive pair right now. And uh, Riley Stillman, I mean, he's played for the Florida Panthers, so you're probably familiar with him um, on the back end when he was in Florida. Um, He's still young yet. He's only 23. He's only got a cap hit of 1.35, which is a cheap deal. So, I mean, worst case, they can bring in another prospect, send Stillman down to the AHL to develop a little bit more. Um, Wyatt Kalnick came out of the University of Wisconsin this past season. He played really good in his – short stint with the Hawks um, down the stretch when the Hawks were kind of playing like shit. Um, He had nine points in 21 games played, which is not bad for a guy just coming out of college, um, especially on a struggling Hawks team down the stretch last year. As I said, Um, like I said, flurry, bringing in flurry is going to strengthen our goaltending tandem. Lankton had a really good season this past year as well. Um, So I think that's going to be a solid goaltending duo for us. Um, and then the forward group, uh, bringing in your guy, Tyler Johnson. Yeah, he's a little bit older, but we're only expecting him to play like third line, fourth line minutes. So um, I actually saw the training camp, uh, first day of training camp, they had him on a line with uh, Keenan Debrinkit, I think. Yeah, the first that's the line. biggest, the big, I your was... biggest offseason addition, Tyler Johnson. Back <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then we're bringing back Alex Nylander, which – We'll see if he finally lives up to the hype. It seems like we say that every fucking year with him, but he just yeah. hasn't so far. Um, he's only 23 yet, so he's got time. Uh, Philip Kershev had a strong season last year. He'll be playing third, fourth line minutes this year. Um, Henrik Borgstrom, who knows how he will be coming back from overseas this past season. Um, he's only 24. He's got time to develop. Adam Gaudet will be playing third and fourth line. Um we got that you you are I can never say his name Korea from the Oilers. He'll be playing fourth line minutes slash being scratched. I'm sure. 
Um, Ryan Carpenter is still there. And then pretty much the rest of our forward group who are pretty much returning. Um, Jonathan Taze is back in camp. He's looking like his normal self. So that'll be another key addition to us, uh, help our penalty kill out tremendously, uh, help our power play out, and uh, hopefully provide a lot um, of face-off wins that uh, we severely lacked last season. So um, overall, I like our chances. I think the theme with the Blackhawks, I think I said it uh, about the Bruins too, when we previewed the Bruins, I think the Hawks are going to have so much depth on the third and fourth line that they're not even going to have enough spots for the amount of guys that they want to get in the mix. So um, I'm feeling confident for this season. I, I, I don't know, dude, I want to say the Hawks will make the playoffs in a wild card spot, but the central division is pretty tough when you got uh, Colorado, Winnipeg, um, Nashville, Dallas is always in the hunt. Um, so, yeah, I want to say they'll make a wild card spot, but I don't know if I'm sold on it yet. Um, I'm expecting a winning season, but we shall see. Yeah, I think they're going to be frisky. I think tons of talent up front. I think they're going to be – they're going to score a lot of goals with the defense. I just don't think you guys have the personnel on the back end to be a really serious threat this year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I um, but I think you should be frisky. Yeah. You know what we'll I'm saying? Be, we'll be a tweener team once again. So Yeah. I think, I think it's frisky. a tweener team with a potential to lean towards a playoff competitor. Right. But – Yes, but definitely yeah. frisky. <laughs> definitely frisky. Definitely a frisky franchise. Um, cool. All righty. Let's, uh, let's keep this show moving. My computer's unfortunately frozen. Um, but Zoom's Ooh, working. Yes. I'm coming through here. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about a team. They've had one of the more interesting off-seasons, um, I would say, this year. Um, let's talk about the Coyotes. And I know it's like weird. Why are we starting – putting them so high, but I'm genuinely interested in what they've done this year. Um, just because they basically traded literally everybody. Now they're not going to win. Coyotes are not going to win, but what do you think? Like how bad do you think they're going to be doing? Like, you think they're going to be first overall pick bad? Do you think they could cause some teams some problems? Yeah, I think they'll, I don't know if they'll have, you know, I don't know what I think, honestly. Like, I think they can be a pain in some teams' asses. I mean, look at their roster. They got Jay Beagle, who's a fourth-line grinder. They got Antoine Roussel, who's a complete pain in the fucking dick. I remember his times when he was with the Canucks. He would always piss me off when he played against the Hawks. Um, they got some guys that are just, like, solid. Like, Nick Schmaltz has played good. I remember him with the Hawks. He was good. Um, they still got Phil Kessel there, Clayton Keller's a young stud. Um, just got a they got a lot of grit in their lineup. Antoine Strallman, um, you know him from when he played with yeah. Tampa. Yeah. Um, Jacob Chitrin is one of the best young studs in the league on the defensive side. Um, Ryan Dezingles floated around the league. Christian Fisher's another young guy that's done decent. Lawson Krause has got a little bit of grit to him. So I think um They'll be all right this season. I, I think they're still going to be, like, last in the league. Um, I don't think they're going to, like, lose as many games as, like, the Avalanche did a few years ago. But uh, it, it's not looking good for the, the Coyotes. And, dude, did you see their roster? I'm looking at their oh. roster right now. They literally, for next year, the only players they have signed, I mean, Andrew Ladd, if you can count him, 
I mean, he's going to be on IR, I'm assuming. But uh, the only two other players that they have signed for in their forwards for next year, Nick Schmaltz, Clayton Keller. Jeez. Phil Kessel's yeah. a UFA. Erickson's a UFA. Yaskin's a UFA. Rousseau's a UFA. There, there, it's almost a... <laughs> like, like they're going to be an expansion. It's almost like they're going to be an expansion team. Yeah, dude, on the books next year for cap, they only have – let me see if I can find it here. Um, cap hit, projected cap hit. $30 million next year for projected Jeez, cap hit. That's <laughs> so, brutal. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's talk about a team. Who's, they're not making the playoffs the Cowboys. We all know that. Um, let's talk about a team on the opposite end of the spectrum, the Colorado Avalanche. I think there's got to be a sense of urgency for them considering they've – had one of the best teams on paper the last two, three seasons, I feel like. They have one of the best lines, if not the best line in hockey, with Landis Scott McKinnon and Miko Rantan. But as Nathan McKinnon so eloquently put it, they haven't won shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, the Avalanche. What, like, it's Stanley Cup or bust. It's got to be, right, Dill? Yeah, dude, looking at their roster – um, Burkowski is a free agent after this year. So is Kadri. So is Nichuskin. Um, on their back end, Ryan Murray, which that's not that big of a deal. I guess they're not losing much on their back end. Um, both of their goalie contracts are up after this coming season, though, as well. So, especially with uh, you're paying so much to bring Landeskog back, and then Kale McCarr signed his extension as well. Uh, Bowen Byram has two more years left, I guess, on his entry level, but then he'll be I like getting the a Ryan Murray raise. signing too. I like, yeah, I, I like that too. Very I good. I think Very he's literally, um, he's defense, yeah. So I think he's literally a replacement for uh, Connor Timmons or uh, who else do they lose? Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Shit. He got traded to like the Islanders, I think it was, or New Jersey, was it? New Jersey, uh, Graves, oh, Graves, Ryan, Ryan Graves. Graves, yeah. Yeah, I just thought of him. I think he's essentially a replacement for him. Yeah, for sure. So, um, but obviously, it's Stanley Cup boss. I think the biggest question mark for them, goaltender, I like Darcy Kemper. But he's always I like Darcy Kemper. <laughs> What's that? I said, but he's always hurt. <laughs> he's always hurt. Um, and he's not as good as Phil Grubauer. I think the biggest screw up they've had they had was not keeping Phil Grubauer this offseason. I, I think he would be more important to the team than Gabe Landeskog. I, I would go as far as saying that, which might be a hot take, might be crazy. But listen, the pat look at the past few Stanley Cup winners, right? Common denominator for really all the past few Stanley Cup winners. Very hot goaltender. Right. If you go back to even like when the Penguins started their back to backs, right? Matt Murray was before he stunk. He was on fire, right? Mm -hmm. um, then you had who was it? The Capitals. Brain Holpe was on fire. Jordan Bennington was on fire. Andre Vasilevsky, right? Closed out each of his last five series with a shutout win, right? And he, even Anton Kudobin leading the Stars to the finals as Bingo, well. Bingo, right. You need like, Yes, you could win without an elite goaltender in the NF in the NHL, but I think come playoff time, when the game gets so much tighter and and the offensive stars start to cancel each other out just a little bit more, um, mm -hmm. goaltending really could put a team over the edge. And I just don't know if say say right the the Avalanche going up right against a team like the Lightning in the in the final. 
hypothetically say that. Yeah, it's, dude. It, it, the, the, the difference between Vasilevsky and Kemper is very large. Mm-hmm. And it's very large. To just solidify your point even more, um, you got Pavel Francois as your backup, and he did not even play a single game last year. So who knows how he's going to come back from not playing in right. like a year and a half, two years, especially with the COVID break. Like it's been forever. Cause he was hurt. I think before COVID, I think he got hurt, I think in December or something um, on that season that he did get injured, but he has been out forever. So if you have an injury prone goalie as your number one, like Darcy Kemper, and then you have a goalie that uh, hasn't played in like two seasons as your backup, uh, that doesn't really uh, thrill me if I'm a Colorado Avalanche fan, but um, we will see. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Um, I uh, I definitely just don't – I don't know. I, I just really don't think that it's just good business. Not, like, I think it was just a bad business decision bringing back Landis Gog when – I'm not saying Landis Gog's not a great player. I know he's their captain and all that stuff. But Grubauer, that would have been the move I would have made. It would have been a very tough decision. Um, but, yeah, I think that's going to really, really hurt them at some point. Um, all right, let's move along. Um, talk about the – why don't we go the Blues, Dylan? Why don't we go the Blues? Do the Blues and the Wild next? Because I kind of feel like they're in that same category this year. I don't know what to think about the Blues this year. I yeah. don't know what to think about the Blues. I know um, what to think about them as a Blackhawks fan. They yeah. It's my fucking ass, but. Yeah. <laughs> but as just analyzing the team, yeah. analyzing the Blues team, I'm not so sure. I don't know. I know they brought in Pavel Bujnevich. I know. Uh, they you know, they signed Brandon Saad. <laughs> they signed Saad. They're pretty deep up front but they're not mm-hmm. particularly elite anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, Dylan, do you think they're another team kind of like the Hawks? Do you think they're a fringe team or do you think they're definitely in the playoffs? Uh, I think their roster is a little bit better than the Hawks. Um, just like potential wise. Cause you got young guys in their lineup. You got Jordan Cairo who played really good last year. You got Robert Thomas that played really good last year. He's only 22. He's did nothing but grow. Um, Oscar Sundquist, I think he was doing decent, I think two years ago. Um, and then last year he kind of had a down year, so maybe he'll bounce back a little bit. Um, so I like their forward group a little bit better than us. Um, I, I, I would say it's about comparable with us. I think they got a few more high end guys, um, like Shen, Tarasenko, O'Reilly, right? Um, right. I like Perron, Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly might be the most underrated player in the, in the NHL. Yeah, exactly. Because um, he's a very he's an elite player in my opinion. So and I think he gets like no no love in that in, in that category. Yeah, and I think looking at their back end, they probably got us beat too. Um, definitely got the, have you guys beat at the back. End yeah, sure. we got well, we got the big name in Seth Jones, but I think they definitely have more depth. Like yeah, you're having a first two lines of Justin Falk, Tori Krug, Pareko, and Marco Scandella, who had playoff experience when he was with the Wild. Um, you got Robert Bertuzzo on your third line defensive player. Yeah, like they got very def- deep. Yeah, they got definitely depth on their D line. Um, the thing that I think the Hawks got the advantage with though is their goaltending tandem. Right, um, Bennington is 
I th- I've talked about it on our show before. He's literally declined every single year since they've been he up. He's and he, he's also a ever since he got that contract. Baby. Yeah, he's also he a ginormous that, baby. Yeah, that too. <laughs> ever since he got that contract, his play has gotten progressively shittier. And uh, that Vili Huso is their backup, and I don't really know much about him. No idea. Um, I think he spent mo- mo- the majority of the time the past couple seasons in the AHL. So uh, who knows if he can just come up and be uh, Bennington 2.0. But uh, um, I kind of like their deals, too, that they signed for uh, professional tryouts, too. If they pay off, that could be a solid third and fourth line guys for them. It, they, they got uh, Michael Froelich on a PTO, former Blackhawk Stanley Cup winner, um, and James Neal, which yeah. uh, just a few years ago we were talking about James the real deal Neal, but yeah, um, he's know, kind man. of fell off a cliff. So if he, he can he, uh, come yeah. in and just be a depth guy on like your third and fourth line, who knows? Yeah, that, that could definitely help a lot. Let's talk about a team who I feel like in some ways they're kind of in lockstep a little bit with the Blues, um, and that is the Minnesota Wild. This is a team that has some good young guys. They're trying. They're trying. Um, but they're in a very difficult cap situation. Everybody knows they tried to bring in Jack Eichel this offseason, um, but they don't really have the cap space to do so um, due to Chuck Fletcher <laughs> giving Zach Parise and Ryan Suter um, lifetime contracts, basically. So let's talk about the Wild. They got their big fish, Kirill Kiprasov, locked up. But what are your expectations for them this year, Dill? I think it's going to be between them and the Hawks to come down to a the final wild card spot. Honestly, yeah, um, I think the Wild are going to take a step back a little bit from what they had last year. Um, teams are going to start. I might get fucking raped for saying this, but I think teams are going to start catching on to Kaprizov a little bit. Um, we all saw it, like Debrinket came in the first year; he was drafted um put up a ton of points and then he had a sophomore slump so I could see the same thing happen with Kaprizov I mean I'm probably gonna get clipped for saying that but yeah uh, whatever um and their forward depth Kevin Fiala had a down year this past season Zuccarello's another year older he was hurt slash had a little bit of a down year last season as well and then you um, also talk about the division too they're playing in a much better division this year exactly and then their defense, they brought in Alex Galagoski, which he's 36 now. He isn't the defender he once was. Um, they still got Dumba, Brodine, and Spurgeon. It seems like they've been there for 20 years. Um, and then their goaltending, like Cam Talbot, we all have seen how he can just go on a tear one year and then just completely shit the bed yeah. the next year. He, he, go, he goes from looking like, Oh wow, he's a good starter to an AHL goalie in the span of a month. Basically, it's insane how inconsistent he is. Exactly. So I don't think he is the answer for your number one goalie. But I mean, they always got Kakinen to fall back on, which he played really good this past season. So if he can play at the level he did this past season, I think they'll be all right in that. But Cam Talbot as your starter, I'm not. I'm not sold on him. But yeah, for for sure. They're a scrappy uh, I, team. I, I expect them to be in the hunt, but I don't expect them to be a contender. I think they're yeah, like I, – I completely agree. I think it's very similar to the Hawks, but I think the Hawks have a little bit more of a scoring touch um, capability than the Wild do. So Yeah, the Wild, they need to get some high-end talent, but the issue is that they really can't because, again, of those, those old contracts. So tough scene for them. Um, 
let's talk about the Winnipeg Jets next. Because, again, another interesting team who I feel like everybody always sleeps on them every year. Mm-hmm. Not a ton of high-end talent on their team, um, but obviously a lot of depth. Uh, so, like, we're, again, do you see them kind of in that same Minnesota, um, Chicago range? Or are they a little bit better than that? I think they're going to be a little bit better than Chicago and um, Minnesota. Uh, their, de- their goalie, um, Connor Hellebuck, Ben Vesna, candidate the last, like, three years. Always won underrated. It. Always underrated. Didn't deserve to win it, but won it a couple years ago. <laughs> um, I like the move bringing in Nate Schmidt. Um, if he can bounce back. I don't like that contract at 5.9 for Nate Schmidt, but I do like him as a player, like, on a second-line um, defenseman, which I'm assuming that's what he'll be, um, considering you have Josh Morrissey and Neil Piant to play their first line. I think that's what they were rolling with last year. Um, and then they're scoring up front. I mean, Kyle Connors, a stud. Mark Shifley, he's <laughs> says his status is still suspended, so I don't know if he'll start the oh, year. Or not. But, I, think, uh, I think maybe he might miss a game or two. I want to <laughs> say, I but don't I don't know. know. I don't know exactly how that's going to work, man. Yeah, no clue. Um, you got Paul Stastny, which he's old as time now. I mean, he's a solid third-line guy, which is kind of all they need him to be. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, if he bounces back and can play second-line center, um, I think he'll be all right for him. Nikolai Ehlers is back healthy this season, so I think that's another added addition that they're getting back that can really help them. Um, yeah, and they're solid. Their lines, too, like their bottom six. Um, Adam Lowry and Andrew Cobb both played pretty good this past season, um, put up above average numbers on the third and fourth line there um, to the point where I was even toying with the idea of picking them up in fantasy. Um, I think I did for a few weeks. But uh, so, yeah, they had a decent season this past year, bringing in Riley Nash, can play fourth line role. Uh, Christian Vesalainen is only 22. He can step right in. And don't forget to – at some point, if they want to bring up Cole Perfetti, too, this year, that might be a spicy idea, but have him come in and play on, like, your third-line wing or something. Have him come in and be like yeah, Cole Caulfield was. that's true. That, 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 could, that be could scary. happen. That could be a scary good addition for them as well. So, yeah. I, I, I think uh, Winnipeg's in good shape for the upcoming season. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. Um, all right. So, again, I feel like the Central is going to be so competitive this year because I feel like there's a lot of good, not great teams. Again, mm-hmm. the Dallas Stars, another good, not great team. Um, mm-hmm. Is it just me or are they incredibly lacking down the middle of the ice this year, really, outside of Tyler Sagan? Yes. Looking at their roster, yes. I saw, <laughs> I saw a post the other day. It was like a user-submitted hot take on some p- hockey page. I forget what it was. One of the hot takes they submitted that got submitted was Jamie Ben becomes a fourth line player and only scores like twenty points this year. I, yeah, I don't. I actually don't hate that. I've never really <laughs> been. An, I've never really been a big Jamie Ben guy. I know he's their captain, all that stuff, but I've never seen. I know he didn't. He win the Art Ross one year. Uh, but, I think so. Yeah, but he was like one of those years where like the leading score had like eighty five points. I am pretty sure. Yeah. Um. So listen, I get it. He had, you know, but I've just never really been a big time Jamie Ben guy. I agree with the old, who is it? The old president of hockey operations where he said that Sagan and Ben have not lived up to their contracts. Um, 
I don't know. And, and obviously, I love Joe Pavelski. I love um, guys on there. Like, I think Kibi Ronta is an incredibly underrated player. Um, you know, they got Miro Heiskin, who's a beast. But, ah, man, I don't know. I don't know about this team, man. Yeah, it's weird. It seems like a mixture of guys that are, like, near the end of their careers and getting old. And then you got a just bunch of youth, too. Like, yeah. you got guys like – um, Jamie Ben, who we just mentioned, I think he'll drop off. I don't think it'll be dramatic. I don't know enough if it'll be, be the fourth line in 20 yeah. points, but uh, I'll expect but it might be like, maybe like third line in 35 points. I was thinking like 40 like, ish points. Yeah. Um, because I mean, like, it, like honestly, if you're a decent forward, if you're like a top nine forward, you should be able to get between 30 and 40 points pretty easily. Exactly. In today's league, where there's, you know, there's more scoring than there was like five, five years ago, I feel. Mm-hmm. But, um, the addition of Tyler Sagan being back, that'll help them if he comes back playing at the level he was prior yep. to being hurt. Uh, Joe Pavelski, I don't think he'll be as hot as he was last past season, um, especially Listen, at 37. Just got to get that man in front of the net. Let, us, <laughs> let him tip the box on that, man. <laughs> Radulov, I believe he's always had injury issues. Um, he's 35 now. Don't know how he's going to be. He's relatively smaller. Um, in terms of size, so I don't know if he'll be able to bounce back and play at the level he once was. Um, I like Rupi Hints. He's always been an underrated stud for them. Um, Luke Glendening's oldest time. Michael Raffles oldest time. Blake Como's oldest time. Yeah, but then they got it's like a I very said, weird mix, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and then you got young guys like Giriano that who's a stud in the making. Um, Fox is still relatively young at 27. Um, and then their defense is another weird mix. You got two young studs at like Heiskanen and Klingberg. I guess Klingberg's not young per se. I guess he's tw- he's 29, so he's at the peak of his career right now. Um, Esselindell's showed improvement over the past couple of years. I like him. Um, and he bring in Ryan Suter, who's 36 and getting to the point where he's declining. Uh, Sakara's declining. Uh, Yanni Hockenpah has been a fringe guy, kind of, per se. Um, and then their goaltending. Yeah. You have, like, four goaltenders. You got Kudobin, Braden Holtby, Ben Bishop, and you still have Jake Ottinger. So, I don't know why they felt the need to Complete bring in. Goal. Yeah, I don't know why they had the, why they had the idea to bring in Braden Holtby. And spend another two million on your goaltending when you already have seven million between Bishop and Kudobin, and then probably what another million with uh Ottinger, yeah, yep, 925,000. So you're spending uh, so that's seven, nine, I guess they're only spending 10 million, but on four different goaltenders, like what, what yeah, like what's not, the point in doing that? I don't, not, inc- not incredibly efficient at all, uh, especially when they're kind of in a weird spot with their forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they're a very interesting team this year. Last team in the Central, I'm confident in saying that this team will finish seventh is the Nashville Preds. Like, I think they're the seventh best team in this division. I'm very confident in that. I don't know what your thoughts are in that regard. Yeah, I, I would I would probably agree with you there. Um, they lost some defensive depth with the, the departure of Ryan Ellis. Um, Ekholm has still been a beast. Yossi's always been a beast. Yeah. Um, but those guys are getting up there. Like those are, they're 31 years old now. And then they got a lot of inexperienced, uh, guys behind them. I mean, 
Um, Felipe Myers is only 24. Dante Fabro is only 23. Um, I know down the stretch this past season, uh, what was his name? David Ferentz was playing. Um, he's only 22. Uh, UC Saros is going to be good in that, I'm sure. He's only 26. He's just starting the peak of his career. Um, bringing in David Riddick, don't really like that as their backup goalie. goalie. Um, he's kind of choked in the past when he was with the Flames. And uh, I think he played – who else did he play for? Edmonton, wasn't it? Or who, who, yes. David yes, Riddick? Yes, yes it was. It, no, it was the Flames? It was the Flames. It was the Flames. Okay. Maybe I don't think he ever played for, for Edmonton. Maybe I'm getting him confused with Mike Smith uh, for some. Yeah, reason, Mike Smith but, definitely played for the um, Oilers. And, yeah, well, and, he yeah. still is playing for the Oilers. Right. <laughs> and then he also played for the Flames. He played for both yeah, Alberta. I get the yeah, Flames yeah. goalies confused so much. They, I don't know and why. I get because they haven't. Neither team has had a good goalie in like 20 years. I feel like. Yeah. Well, since like uh, since yeah. Mika Kippersoff retired or retired, I feel like the Flames haven't had a good goaltender. <laughs> For yeah, you've pretty much summed it up there. <laughs> um, but yeah, their forward group is all right. I like some of the young guys they got there. Uh, bringing in Cody Glass, I think, was a nice move on their part. Uh, Eli Tolovanen had a really good season this past year. Um, he's only 22, he's got time to grow yet. Um, shout out to Matthew Olivier who follows us on Twitter, uh, or not on Twitter, on Instagram. Jesus Christ, I just fucking butchered that. But uh, he's he's playing on their fourth line. Um, but their forward group up front, just Matt Duchesne at eight mil, not worth it. Ryan Johansson at eight mil, not worth it. Final year of Philip Forsberg contract this year. So he'll probably be looking to uh, get paid or probably move if he's a UFA, which he is. Um, Mikel Granlin at five mil. I think that's a little bit too much for him. I would probably would have did like four three and a half for him. Um, his production's kind of declined the past three years. Um, Colton Sissons is all right. He's always been a pain in the ass. Luke Coonan showed flashes this past season of being decent as well. Um, and then Rocco Grimaldi is kind of a pain in the ass too. So I, they, they're going to be a team, I think, kind of like the Coyotes. Or, well, actually, a better comparison, I think, would be like the Sens were last year to the Canadian division. Right. Like right. they're Just not going to be, yeah, they're not going to be good, but once in a while they'll steal a game that a team needs yeah. to like right. Right. help them. Like I, I completely get what they're going to be like the Sens were to the Maple Leafs last year. They'll be that pesky fucking team that you'll think that, Oh yeah, we'll come in and roll over them. And then Nashville will somehow pull it out of their ass and win that game. Like mm-hmm. it's just, I yeah. don't know. For, for sure, dude, for sure. All right, man. So give me your, so, Again, the Western Conference still have eight playoff teams. I would say with a strong confidence, extremely strong confidence that the five of or that five of them will come from the central division. So Dylan, do you want to give me your four or five teams, depending on what you think? I know I personally have five. You want to start? Yeah. You um, want to give me your five or four? Colorado being first. Um I think Winnipeg will be in second. It'll be bold, but go with that. Um, I'll go with St. Louis in third, Nashville in fourth. Or not Nashville in fourth. Jesus, what the fuck am I saying? Minnesota in fourth, right? So Colorado, Winnipeg, St. Louis, Minnesota. And I'm going to go with my Hawks beating out Dallas for the fifth and final spot. 
All right, I like. I it. just, I just think Dallas is a little bit older now, and their injuries and that just, I don't know. So yeah, and then I'll go I, Dallas, obviously in sixth, and Nashville seventh, and Arizona is Arizona. All right, okay. So I'll go with the obvious choice first place, Arizona. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I'll go in really, it's hard to predict exact places, but if I had to predict exact places, I'm going to go, um, Colorado in first, I'm going to go St. Louis, uh, in second, I'm going to go the Jets in third. I will say the wild in fourth and sorry, Dill, but I do think, I do think the stars are going to edge out the Hawks and I hope I'm wrong for your sake, but that's just my take. So you're good, dude. That's my take. I'm sick to it. And I don't even particularly like the stars. I just think the Hawks, the soccer, Seth Jones, just their back end's just a little too weak. Um, so, but we'll see. That's but fair. obviously, Flurry, Flurry makes a big difference too. So, mm-hmm. um, the quote Vesnia winner, end quote, was not the Vesnia winner last year, but I digress. Um, so, yeah, that pretty much sums it up, though, man. Yeah. So, can't wait for Hawkins. Yeah, dude, it's. It's weird. It seems like just days ago, I was seeing posts like 50 days away, and now we're into like almost single digits days away. Right? No, dude, I feel like I was just at a boat parade celebrating, and then it's like before I know it, I'll be at another boat parade. So it's crazy. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see, buddy. (laughs) So, but anyway, thank you guys so much for listening, um, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Beyond the Boards podcast. If you enjoyed it, we hope you will leave us a rating and review, as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Find us on Instagram at the Beyond the Boards podcast, on Twitter at Beyond underscore Boards, on Facebook, facebook.com Beyond the Boards podcast, and on TikTok at Beyond the Boards podcast.